Welcome to Advance Your Art. If you are interested in making money from your art, using your artistic background to your advantage when switching careers, or if you are just plain stuck, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yorika Talbo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or if you're just feeling confused or stuck about what to do next, you've come to the right place. Every week, I sit down with a creative entrepreneur to discuss the who, what, and why of their journey. If you like this episode, please remember to subscribe, like, and share it with a friend. Today, I'm sitting down with Natsune, host of Life Up Education TV, managing director of Foreign Connect, and the author of a new book, The Game of Self-Domination. Natsune, hello, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Yuri, thank you so much for having me tonight. Um, and I'm doing great, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well. And again, thank you so much for, for joining me. I know it's late where you are. Yeah, well, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really uh, thankful. Of course, of course. So. Um, so how are things in Japan right now? Right. So, you know, they they actually just lifted this curfew that we had mm-hmm. like last week. Uh, I, I think it was last Sunday. They uh, lifted it out. So things look pretty much back to normal now, except that we don't have any tourists now. Oh, and sure. I think Olympics this year, I think they're going to host it, but I think they're going to limit um the foreigners from coming in to the country right yeah i i saw something about that about how yeah the olympics still happening but foreigners cannot mm-hmm. travel that will be a very interesting olympics right i mean in terms of just economical yeah <laughs> impacts i mean i'm i'm pretty sure japan is disappointed i mean including me right like right but it's okay yeah well, well good yeah. it's good it's good to hear yeah. that things are opening up again yeah exactly mm-hmm. things are going back to normal so which is good side yeah, great. So for my listeners who are less familiar with you and your work, how do you yeah. describe yourself and what you do? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I always want to mention myself as a host at Life Up Education TV, which is a media platform that I have that talks about how can we unlock the full potential, uh, full potential of humanity. I'm a very macro person, so... I use the word humanity to describe describe it because I like to look at it at the macro perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested in creating the maximum results as like macro, as a group, like together as a humanity. So we talk about that. And the way I like to do it is coming from business background, mm-hmm. um, I am able to basically put weight in the importance of um, arts and science both. So I, I have the brain to understand just enough science and also like very much arts, right? I'm a very art-driven person, but at the same time, like, like I said, by train, um, containing economics background, uh, sorry, economics degree and business background, I understand like log- logics, right? So in my show, I describe it as a show that talks about how can we unlock the human potential, the maximum potential, in the perspective of arts and science. So arts in a sense that we always, always, always talk about like what motivates people, what moves people. And that is very subjective, it's art. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also talk about processes, which is 
So now we have this ambition of our, um, the purpose, your why. Now we also can talk about the process of how to get there, which is process as in like the science, the me mechanics, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. like the engineering, like creativity, like all that is tool, like for us to express what we want to achieve, right? So we break it down as a tool, as a process of how one is going through the journey of achieving the art. Um, does it make sense? Yes, yes, that does make yeah. sense. It sounds wonderful too, because so many Thank places you. don't cover both the how and the, and the yeah, like like the how to do the art, but also how to achieve it. So that sounds wonderful. Right, so why and how basically. Yeah. And then, um, so continuing back to your question actually, um, within the same domain, as you introduced me, I do have another book. I, I do have a book called The Game of Self-Domination, mm -hmm. which talks about how one can create mental transformation in three different phases, which we can probably get to a little bit later. So I'm yeah. going to save it for now. Um, <laughs> and then I also have an agency in Tokyo. It's called Foreign Connect, which I basically help Japanese companies to launch and expand businesses abroad. Um, and I do that for vice versa. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. You are an incredibly busy person. How do you, what, how, how does your typical day look? Or do you have a typical day? And how do you organize this, like all of the projects that you're working on? Right. So <clears throat> the way I like to think about it, actually, um, I mentioned this in my book as well. Um, I talk about the reason of being, and also I talk about, um, like the self-awareness, the chapter I talk about self-awareness, I talk about like how you can basically understand and really connect with your purpose and really align who you are with what you are meant to do, what you're meant to be um, versus like how you want to sustain. Like that's a business thinking here, right? Like you also, you need, you want to have a space of innovation. You want to have a space of ex like explore um adventure um adventure but you also want to have a space for practicality or also want to have a space for like affordability um so the way i like to put it is basically to divide like diff uh, different areas in life and then different pies i, I guess different mm, hold on sorry i'm gonna start over from here sure um yeah so in my book, I talk about, I talk about self-awareness. There is a chapter I talk about self-awareness. And in that chapter, I talk about the purpose of life and the reason of being specifically. I use the term reason of being, which is basically inspired by a Japanese philosophical thinking uh, mm -hmm. of describing why life exists basically. But you know, the interesting thing that I talk about is I add additional concept in that basic uh, where it comes from more like a very practical, like a business driven thinking into it and mix the two. So I meet philosophy with business, um, which is like aligned with who I am. Like I, like I said, like I have this like macro view, but I also come from business and I understand the operation, like um, the practical thing about life, right? So <clears throat> in that chapter, what I talk about is like, you want to have something that you're very excited about. You want to have something that you want to explore. You want to like have an adventure with. You are excited about. 
which is Life Up Education TV for me. Gotcha. And I also talk about you want to have something that you're simply good at and practically you can make money of, right? And then I try to understand what that was for me and that came down to Foreign Connect. So okay. that's how I kind of like shaped the whole balance the, between. Uh, but back to your question, because like my emotion is very much attached to Life Up Education TV, I do tend to work on that a little bit more. Uh, okay. But right now it's kind of like 60% Life Up Education TV, uh, 40% Foreign Connect. And typical day, I, I must say, like really depends on which side I'm working on. But I, I do say that at all the time, always business development always comes first. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great, great, great. So I'm I'm curious then on because you balanced the the creative and the business side of it, what where did that come from in in your background? Because I know you you mentioned you studied economics, so yeah. why what got you interested in the you know the creative and economics? Right. So this is an interesting question. So thank you so much for asking this. I think I have always been very creative person. Mm -hmm. I, in a sense that. I would say not so like artsy creative necessarily, but more like a people creative. Mm. So I was always interested in people. Like mm -hmm. I would say even science a little bit, like I'm more interested in psychology than like arts, for example. Okay. So I'm always really intrigued by how like mind work and anything that relates to human. Like that's, that's what I was interested in always. And of course, humans, we are emotional animals and emotions are very subjective. So, you know, we call it art as well, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so in that sense, yes, I am very art-driven person. But, you know, something that interesting happened was that um, this was when I was younger. Um, didn't, when I was in back in the States, I studied in the United States and I decided to take some time off um, as a student at the time. And I had a, this really amazing chance opportunity working in like a startup environment, mm -hmm. particularly tech, tech startup environment where I was able to meet a lot of entrepreneurs, like next generation thinkers uh, who wanted to create something using technology, this, this new thing um, that we made technology. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, experience really fascinated me and that really period uh, made me think that made me think what am I missing like I want to be like them I want to be like them but mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm missing and I thought like what I was missing was this ability to think and understand what is needed for the society mm -hmm. like I so I when I thought about that, um, I thought about economics the first. First thing comes up to my mind because economics is not only about profiting the business, but mm -hmm. economics has a space for human. Economics considers about education, human technology, like a little bit of everything. And then it serves more for people rather than money. So that kind of aligned with me a little bit more than just straight up business. Mm -hmm. which I'm not demonizing business, but um, that's why I decided to pursue the degree in economics. 
Um, and it's actually pretty good because now that by train, uh, as I mentioned earlier, like I understand um, how to communicate with like practicality and like logics. Mm-hmm. But in the same degree, like I have this tremendous interest and I would even say ability to like relate with other people and understand where people come from. Mm -hmm. So I can pull like two very strong and different strengths. Um, So that serves me very well, which kind of makes sense for me that I pursue something like Life Up Education TV. Right. Yes, it definitely does. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. What's interesting is your, so your background and your journey has straddled both businesses in the United States as well as, as Japan. How, mm-hmm. so how, how has that affected how you think about business now? And what are some of the differences you've noticed about when you were working in the tech startup world in the US versus what you're mm-hmm. doing now in Japan? I say, you know, people talk about speed a lot here mm-hmm. versus over there. Um, and there's definitely truth in that. Japan, many things are very proper. It takes a way longer time for executives to make decisions. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's already slow in bigger company in America, mm-hmm. but like you can't even compare how slow this is like, <laughs> compared <laughs> with Japan. Like that's for sure in terms of yeah. difference. But I, I I'm also very like a big believer of the reason I'm so, um, I think the reason I'm able to um, create very well-rounded perspectives of different things mm-hmm. is because I have this ability to, this is my nature, but I'm a very macro person, like I said. Like I, even though I live today, mm-hmm. I have this, like, as much as I understand my cognition is today i also understand very very big perspective of like the the time in terms of time like i understand that i'm such a small like i don't mean shit in this world um i think of the time in terms of like not 100 years but beyond 100 years like i'm thinking like 1000 years like 2000 years like like i i don't know exactly figure it's just kind of the sense you have you know Mm -hmm. Um, but that's why, like, although I'm very, like, today at the moment, I also come from, like, such a macro perspective. So, like, if something happened in my life, I don't take it as personally because I know that in the end of the day, I don't matter much. Does it make sense? So back to your question, like, my point I wanted to make is that, um, Sorry, sorry. Can, can you repeat your question real quick? Just I want to refresh my mind why I wanted to talk about this because there was a point in it. Sure, sure. I, I was asking about the differences between um, businesses in Japan and right. the United States and what you've learned. Right, right. So, you know, the point of all of this is that um, this is just the, it's the same concept here is that you, I think you are more, capable you're stronger Mm -hmm. as a character when you are able to pull strings from macro and micro perspective because macro as i said it's about having a vision and then micro is practicality like is it even possible right like we we touched on this also when we talk about arts versus science right Mm -hmm. and two are different like two are opposite but then 
a lot of us, like a lot of time people go on one extreme side and people like to tend to want to demonize the other side that they don't understand, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason um, people struggle. And that's like one of the things I learned over time is that I, I am able to pull, I guess, um, pull from the opposite direction like yeah so japan and america right like the difference i you know i think is uh, america for example like one way to say it is america's super capitalism like super money oriented everybody wants to make that like a big american dream um like super greedy whatever right like that's just one way to describe it compared Mm -hmm. to japan i'm talking and japan is more like a I would say slow, precise, um, very careful, like, right? And then the great thing I learned about this is that basically I understand actually both are needed. Like in capitalism, you die if you don't have that, like, I wouldn't want to call it greediness, but like that edge, like the sharpness. But at the same time, your mental health gets really fucked up if you focus solely on that and you become really insecure um, because you don't know what your actual value is. Like if you're always chasing money, does that make sense? So in Japan, like we have this like, like a religion, I guess, imprint in how we live, basically how we uh, think, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, this, I would call it, I, I don't know if it, this is the right word, but like a Zen, Zen thinking kind of, like mm-hmm. you don't need a lot to, for you to be happy. Like no materials can actually make you happy, you know, that kind of thinking. Right. And then because I understand like how the both culture have that, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, how, because I understand how, what each culture offers and then in the context of capitalism, I feel like I'm at the optimal uh, position where I understand how to stay edgy, like how to stay sharp and how to be like ambitious. And it's okay, completely okay for you to want to be someone different, want to have a different opinion, uh, want to create a dream versus like Japan. It's more like, you know, let's, let's, con- like, let's, um, let's actually understand that material things don't necessarily make us better person more valuable like so that weirdly kind of gives me the peace in my mind mm-hmm. does it make sense so yes. that's that's how i would describe uh, just the general cultural difference between the business uh, between the japanese business culture and american business culture uh, when it comes to mindset a lot especially sure and that, thank you. That's that's absolutely fascinating just to think about kind of the the differences in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So the one one part that you mentioned is so you know how you describe it the the Zen let's say of Japanese business. Yeah. Is how do you is that teachable? Can like someone like myself who is not yeah with with the culture as much, uh, mm-hmm. but who is looking to find let's say more balance in what they're working on? Can you is that yeah, is are there other resources or ways to learn how to become, let's say, more balanced in your mm. mind? I think it's really up to individual. Like mm-hmm. it's completely accountability. I, I think uh, 
I do kind of sense and catch this general um, more acceptance and um, yeah, I, I would say acceptance, acceptance among Japanese population okay. where they're, they tend to be a little bit less, like greedy is a bad word, but I can't think of any other words to say it. But I, but I don't have any negative tone by using this this word. Sure. Um, but like, I think they are more acceptance. Culturally, it's okay for them to um, kind of understand that you don't have to be like, you know, billion dollar making CEO. Like mm -hmm. that's not the understanding here um, of success, right? Versus right. America, like it's it's very exaggerated. It's very like Hollywood driven mm -hmm. um, type of thing. I do I do catch that general uh, tendency, but um, I think it, when we drill down down to like individual level, like mm -hmm. I definitely see that like young youngsters in Japan definitely have that like some really like edgy uh, personality. Um, wanting to make it like Americans like I definitely see mm. individual people who have that tendency too so I think it really comes down to just like awareness that also like um, accountability in each individual person and um, is it teachable like the reason I brought up like there's a tendency here right like I, I definitely think that um, a big portion of it definitely does depend on the culture, like just the way people are brought up. Um, but I don't, I completely don't think it's impossible for someone who doesn't come from the culture to have that awareness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to talk about your your companies, the ones you've started, and there there have been a few. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you started a you know a clothing company called Billion Dollar Baby Store, and then the the two yeah. companies you're running now, Foreign Connect, yeah. and then Life Up Education TV. Yeah. When what initially made you want to start a company? Yeah, I I don't think so. Here's the interesting thing. Um, mm -hmm. I ran into it a few days ago. I think I'm still in a like learning like journey. Okay. Uh, so it might change, like my, my answer might change later, but um, I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot. And the other day I met this quote and it kind of makes sense to me. Like someone asked this like a monk person, uh, I don't know his name exactly, but he's like really like a spiritual figure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's from Celia. Someone asked him, is it more important to do what you love or love what you do and he said intelligent person does what they love but genius person does what is minimally required and when i heard that i was so confused i didn't understand what he meant at all mm -hmm. and the other another day um i heard Elon musk said if you need inspiring word to pursue your dream, mm -hmm. don't do it. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. And after hearing that, it kind of made sense to me in my head, like a little bit. I don't know if I'm correct in this or not, but something in me kind of made, um, kind of like understood 
what the two connection was of these two different quotes. Mm -hmm. And basically it kind of uh, connects with like my motivation here as well is that I don't know if I like, I felt like I was so motivated to do it, but it feels a lot more like a necessity for me. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't do anything else. Like I just really didn't like, you know, I, I was one of those like kid when I yeah. was growing up, for example, I would say probably like 10 years old, 12 years old, something like this. There was a boy in the class and you know, when you are like 10 years old, like that's big enough for a boy to be stronger than a girl. Mm-hmm. And the, this boy was giving me really hard time. He was like, you know, trying to start a fight with me in front of all the people watching us, like in a classroom. And as a girl, you would think that you would bitch out and you would just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, you would just apologize for him to like not get beat up. Right. Mm-hmm you know, guess, maybe you can guess what happened from how <laughs> I'm introducing this introduction story, but right. I wasn't that bitch. Like, I was like, you know, let's go, like, bro, like, let's, let's go, come on, like, I'm ready. Like, so, you know, it was way better for me to lose in my own term mm-hmm. and still stand up for me than having to kiss ass for someone else. Sure. Like that already started from that young of age, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that personality was already always in me, but I think that's kind of like carried out until now. It's kind of like, for me, I don't know if I even have a choice. Like I don't have, mm, I don't have a great feeling when mm-hmm. I do the otherwise. Sure. That's my point. Yep. Okay. That makes, that makes a, a, a lot of sense. I'm, yeah. So I'm I'm also curious. So that let's say you're, these three companies that you that you have started, uh, yeah. a, a clothing store. That, you know, you're mm-hmm. connecting Japanese companies to the states, and then your education channel. What yeah. so there's a lot of similarities and differences between all three of those. But what I'm particularly interested in, you know, you starting a clothing company, and then what you're doing now. What yeah. what made you want to? When you start new companies, what makes you want mm-hmm. to? Or I think a better way to describe it is how do you choose which companies to start? Because you, as you mentioned, there's this innate, we'll call a thing inside you that makes you, that forces you to create and start companies and to work yeah. for yourself. So how do you choose where to focus your energy? I think, so that was like my strategy shift there is that I first started the clothing one, but I noticed that I had to have like agency, like a agency that can like have businesses underneath. Mm -hmm. That's why I switched it to Foreign Connect. Okay. And then put, yeah. Um, So in terms of energy, like I just thought if I could have like one big pillar that I can always rely on, rely on, Mm -hmm. then I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I can just like start one like small business and I can like fuck it up and then I can like diversify under the umbrella of one big thing and then that's kind of how I approach to foreign connect the yeah birth of foreign connect okay okay that's good to know so let's mm -hmm. and then sorry in terms of like because I get this question a lot of Mm -hmm. like what should I 
focus on. Like I have so many interests, right? Yeah. So, and the, usually the way I answer that question is like, do everything and fuck it up and like <laughs> choose whichever you want to still stick to. Yeah. So that's like my number one answer all the time. Yeah. So does that mean that you, so w- what have you fucked up then? I mean, many things like I fuck up every day, like today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just, you know, micro things. I think it's okay to fuck up. Like you, maybe you're working on a project and then later find out that the, like the project was complete shit and you just spend like so much time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, right. Like th- those kind of thing. Like, I think sometimes it's okay. As long as like you have some like pillar thing you can rely on. Gotcha. Okay. So let's let's change topics a little bit and talk about your book. So the yeah. game of self domination, which is um, it's a very interesting title. What? Yeah. First off, so what made you want to write this book right now? Yeah. So I would say actually the way I I've been describing it is um. I never really thought like one day I'm going to write a book. Like I never had that vision in me, mm-hmm. but I, by nature, my personality, I, I always like to empower people. I always like to encourage people. And that's just my personality. I have always been this way. And I noticed that I was like, I have different thoughts than other people. Like when I was already like really younger and then so I always kind of thought like I wanted to be some sort of like spoken person right and then Mm -hmm. um, my media ambition kind of happened I finally was able to define what it was that I wanted to do and the first thing I thought about was like not necessarily even like um, you know let's write a book but more like um, I need to be where where the audiences are so I wanted to make sure that I'm on book form I'm on the audio form I'm on a video form because people learn um, things differently and I already had the good idea that I wanted to um, that I wanted to promote which wasn't self-driven like I wanted to like I said like I, I like to encourage people and my book is all about encouraging people so that's that was my thought process behind was that like I just wanted to be everywhere to promote the idea that I wanted to promote Oh, sure. So what is that idea you want to promote? I guess what's the, you know, the, the main thesis of your book? Right. So can I just give you the overview like yes. real quickly? Yeah. Sure, sure. Please so, do. Yes. So my book does talk about how one can create mental transformation in three different phases, which I also went through. So that's why like I'm writing from my own experience. Mm-hmm. The first phase is all about emotion. And you can't have any logics here, like emotion strong enough that you have no other option but to change your situation. So the way I describe it is you should have desperation mm-hmm. in the sense that you need to be just so sick of where you are today. You just have to just, oh my gosh, like I can't do this anymore. I got to change. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you want to have an inspiration because all you, if all you have is desperation, you're just too scared. Like you're just so too fearful and you're not going to even try to change anything. So you want to have inspiration in a sense that whatever you recognize as your dream is possible to achieve and your inspiration needs to exceed your desperation. That's the way I put it. 
Okay. Um, so that's the first phase I talk about is let's get you some crazy ass emotion, very strong emotion mm -hmm. that like you just don't have any other options but to to commit to something. So that's what it takes for someone to commit to something. And then I, I talk about uh, I talk about this with like practical exercises people can go through. Mm -hmm. So I'm like preparing leaders to like generate this emotion step by step. And then on the second phase, I talk about perseverance. Now we're starting to like talking about like a real like hard work now. And then during this phase, I talk about self-awareness. Um, and the first thing I talk about, because it's very important that things get really tough and you are doing what you love. Like you're doing what you meant to do. And many people fail because people think that, you know, they thought they wanted something. And in reality, once they notice um, how hard it was, because they, they choose goals based on the benefits only. They didn't mm -hmm. think about the downside of it at all. And in reality, one, one way I recommend people to do is to pick a goal based on what kind of challenge you want to take on. Mm -hmm. Like that's the way to pick a dream. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so a lot of people fail in that phase, right? So we talk about self-awareness once again, we talk about like, who do you want to become? Like, it's not like, what do you want to get? But it's like, who do you want to become? But which of course, who do you want to become? Does include like what you get from the goal, but that's not all there is, right? which right. a lot of people assume that's all there is. So we really break it down to who you are. Um, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I, I talk about a little bit of like life philosophy. Mm -hmm. And in this chapter, I introduce Japanese philosophical like way of looking at like why life exists, like what, why you're here versus like, I also look at Aristotle's um, the like happiness like what is happiness by aristotle's mm -hmm. and i describe like how the two kind of meet and how you can use the two con different concepts from two different cultures ancient cultures i would say mm -hmm. and then um moving forward i also start talking about um how to manage your emotion like very heavily especially when it comes to self-doubts especially when it comes to rejections and failures because you're gonna face a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally moving on to the third phase. Now we speak about that little like Zen thing we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, basically until this chapter, we've been talking a lot about like fuck failure, let's redefine what the failure is. Um, and which is a really important topic. Like people should be aware of like, you know, redefining failures but i think a lot of time you know another i guess another social problem social issues that today uh we hear a lot uh it's brought up a lot is people not knowing what success means to them sure. so in the third phase i also talk about what success means to you and what is happiness to mean to you Wow. Okay. So that you covered a lot in that book. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. A, it, so I don't like to like freak people out, but there's like 17 chapters. 
Okay. But the reason I wanted to make 17 chapter is because I wanted to make each chapter very short. Mm -hmm. So people feel that they're making progress as they're reading it. Okay. So it's not that long of a book, but yes, we do have 17 chapters in my <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, I mean, yes. the, you cover a lot of topics, so that makes sense. I'm so yeah. the, I'm curious about the, the the title itself, the game of self domination. Yeah. What made you want mm -hmm. to choose that title specifically? Right. So, um, so like I said, I'm a the really like the major uh, message of this book is to encourage people, right, empower people, and the word game. I use that word to describe life because the the game has this implication of it's okay, you can fuck up any time. Like you can fuck up as many times as you need. It's always like up to you, domination, self-domination, like your mindset, like are you willing to come back? And as long as you're willing to come back and, you know, fall down on your face again and still come back like that's how winning is done yeah. <laughs> um but like literally that like the game portion is basically to say like it's okay you can fuck it up as many times as it takes as long as you are capable of bringing yourself up for another challenge mm -hmm. like you take a hit on your face pun get punched on your face and still come back and as long as you have that like mindset, like really unbreakable mindset, like, like it's almost guaranteed that you'll succeed. Yeah. Um, and then for, for me to like really talk about that is all about mindset. Like I wanted to really um, show people why that is like, why, yeah, why that is okay. in the whole book. Yeah. Wonderful. So I wanted to, to change topics just a little bit and yeah. how how COVID has affected your businesses. So as as, uh, as someone who has been running multiple businesses before mm -hmm. COVID hit and in a couple of different countries, how has this last year changed how you operate in, in your businesses? I, uh, so actually, thankfully, I didn't like have to pivot too much, mm -hmm. but the way I was approaching to companies before wasn't working very well because the pricing point was very high. But now I kind of like after like right after COVID hit, like I decided to like segment what I usually offer okay. and make it really small offers to companies. Um, and that really worked very well. Mm -hmm. so that's that's the pretty much only change I, ha I had to do okay well that's good that's 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 great to hear then yeah and then I actually uh life of education tv I think it was good that it happened because like now more people are online now you know mm -hmm. so that's just like yay for me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so have you seen an increase in in uh, you know viewership or people subscribing mm -hmm. to to life up education tv since covid Mm, like honestly i life of education tv is very new okay. like it's it's been only actually like i started it right around like corona started kind of mm, okay mm. so i don't have the indication prior corona sure. time but um i think in general what i talk about in life of education tv can be very helpful for other people because 
it's, you know, I, I talk about hope. I talk mm-hmm. about not giving up. I talk about leadership. I talk about like um, empathy, but also like mo- like motivation, discipline, like patient, like stuff like this. So I think people can benefit from it. Yeah, oh, d- definitely. Those are very important topics, especially right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I, I am curious on how you think about and approach fear. So particularly mm-hmm. in, you know, in your circumstances, you're someone who has traveled yeah. to, you know, lived in multiple countries, started yeah. multiple businesses. How do you think about those times when you're fearing fearful and how do you continue to, to move on? I think um, I, I have multiple, mechan- like, I have multiple ways to cope with it, but I think the biggest thing or maybe the most natural thing that's just on my head right now as I get this question is knowing that I don't mean shit. Like it's probably the biggest thing that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, once again, I think it comes from me being very like macro person, mm-hmm. but like in the end of the day, like I understand that I don't mean shit. Like even if I feel like I fucked it up like so bad, mm-hmm. I, I'm weirdly very like optimistic about my fuck ups. Like I, I feel like I'm not gonna, that's not gonna even matter. Mm-hmm. Like the world is too busy to even care about me, you know? And I think the next thought I go from there is basically to say, well, I can dwell, but like, that's not gonna help me. Like mm-hmm. for, first of all, fear, right? Like, first of all, when I'm scared, if I fail, like let's, 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 please remember that I don't mean anything to anyone. (laughs) I only mean something to myself. And I don't expect people to like live their life predicated on me. And please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So like, that's probably the biggest weapon that I have in terms of like coping with fear in the mindset. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I say is like, I can be fearful and not start, never start and not produce anything but then I don't have like any chance then like ultimately I don't have any chance (laughs) and (laughs) like you know like there's no there's no point in not being productive um so I think a little bit of like lightness of like even if I fuck up like it really doesn't matter I don't mean shit to anyone Mm -hmm. um and then the second thought I go from there is like okay so what am I doing like I mine as well let's produce and let's you know fail in front of everyone and then still be happy <laughs> because you <laughs> fail in terms of you right 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 interesting yeah. so i, I want to um, ask a follow-up question on the, the comments you you were making about how um that you don't mean shit to anyone and i'm yeah. i'm i'm curious on how you've developed that philosophy because in in some people's minds that may be depressing in your mind it's empowering so how have you how have you learned to take this concept of of insignificance and make it empowering to you and your journey? Right. So I have like I'm thinking about two things that I want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one thing I want to say is I think that's how it should be, and I'm extremely glad that I, that is how it it is. Like my life is not predicated on how many times Donald Trump went bankrupt. Like that has no practicality in my life. 
Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how many times he go bankrupt, right? Like it doesn't have any direct impact in my life. So when I think about that, like I feel like, oh fuck it, like doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's like one way. And then at the same time, I guess another way, uh not not another way, but another story I want to share is that, like you said, maybe for some people, um, it's a depressing factor rather than empowering factor, right? Mm-hmm. And one way I tell people is that, you know, a story, once again, coming from the very like macro view in terms of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Earth, today we have the oxygen and we, um, Earth is habitable for um, complicated creatures like us. Um, but I can't remember the exact figure before dinosaurs so it must be like billion years ago, the earth was not livable for a complicated creature like us. Mm-hmm. And there was only like, a, basically like bacteria, like a green bacteria, whatever existed at the time. It took those bacteria like billion years to make the entire earth livable. Um, sorry yeah so it took like these bacteria billion years for um this earth sorry i'm starting over again sure it took these bacteria um at least billion years until they turned this earth habitable for for people like uh, for creatures like us mm-hmm. but at the time these bacteria i don't like I don't think they would, they were thinking like one day I'm going to create few, like humans. Like one day, what, what we are doing today is going to lead it to human. Like one day human is going to exist. That's why we're doing this, right? Like no one ever thought that, right? And when you understand that, meaning that like, yeah, sure. We might not mean anything like in the time frame of like trillion years later, uh, future from us, from today. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like the life that those, well, the things that the work that those bacteria did like trillion years ago, impact, like um, impacted how we live today, right? Like led to who we are today as a human. And when you think about that, that like evolutional transformation, mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of fascinating. Like we, yeah, like my, maybe we don't mean anything. Like our life may not mean anything at all. Like in just a matter of like 200 years, but in the, at the same degree, like maybe whatever we're doing today will affect whatever the form that's going to exist in like trillion years in a very like heavily, like serious way. Does it make sense? Yes, that does make sense. So yeah, that's that's another story that I often talk about. Like when we talk, like right after I say like, oh yeah, your, your life probably don't mean anything, but at the same time, like, (laughs) so that's like the two opposite stories that I share often. Yeah. Wonderful. So with everything that you have done and experienced in your life, what would you say has been the best advice that you were ever given? Yeah. I think the best advice I'm, I have to say like, don't worry and just fuck up everything and fix whenever it's problem. 
I think that gave me like tremendous courage in living in abundance mm-hmm. rather than like fearful state. Yeah. Well, great. So Natsune, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me. I really appreciate it. If the listeners, yeah, thank you so much, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if the listeners would like to buy your book or follow mm-hmm. you online, where are the best places they can go to do all that? Yes. So my website is lifeupeducationtv.com. I am pretty much active. Oh, in terms of book, you can find it on my website or you can also find it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, the name is The Game of Self-Domination. And I am pretty active on all the social media platforms, especially TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn I do have as well. But uh, yeah, you can hit me up from any of those platforms. Wonderful. And I'll put links in the show notes so everybody can click right through and uh, follow you online and buy your book. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Of course. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you like this episode, please remember to give us a five-star rating, like, and share with a friend. Our theme music is written and mixed by Chicago-based composer Ryan Black of Blackbones Collaborative. To listen to the full catalog of our episodes, go to advanceyourart.com. To see what I'm working on or book a time with me or buy a copy of my book, Be Left Behind, go to yuricataldo.com. Thank you so much and have a great day.